We're here in the Mac world, yes. Fort McMurray. Right. I'm from here. Born. Yeah, born and raised. Um, yeah, this is this is where we are. So, what I'm gonna do here is kind of just, I want to go way back to the beginning. So I feel like the only way you could really go to the beginning, because it's really all hearsay, what somebody told you. What's the first thing that you remember ever in your life? Like, what's the earliest memory you got? Yeah, that's an interesting question because some memories I think you put there. Mm. So it's like, what do you really remember? What's the first thing you really actually remember right. without, a, without seeing a picture, without having a moment, right? Exactly. Exactly. So it's like uh, to think of that. Yeah, it's a big ass. It's a big ass. Like defining moments or like, or just something that comes to mind that I know is real, right? Yes. Yeah, I think one time I could just tell you I, I was pretty young, and I think I just was, like, crying in the parking lot at a grocery store. What do you think yeah. you were crying about? Can you Damn, recall? Damn, I don't even know. I was probably hungry yeah. wow. or, or something. Like, was it hot? I don't know. Was it cold? I couldn't even tell you. A combination yeah, of things. Probably hungry, yeah. we Probably getting food. I don't know. Maybe I didn't get the shopping cart that had the race car. Yeah, it hurt when you don't get that because it's messed up because it's, like, Anything else that you ask your folks for is usually because it costs too much or like we don't got it right now or you don't need that. But it's like this is free. And it's like all you got to do is just push the cart like you know. Maybe it do. wasn't even there. Right. Like sometimes yeah, even reflecting on like if we go sometimes with my daughter when she was younger, okay. you know, we, we just it just wouldn't be there. Right. And it's like, I don't know where it is. Maybe it's just out over there. Like, I don't know. Right. Like yeah. we can't control. I don't that. got low jack. Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah, I, I, I can't think what else. Like maybe. Maybe like sitting under a tree in the fall, mm. like uh, but being young, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I think at one time pops in my head is I couldn't tie my hockey skates tight enough, mm. and I couldn't skate. I was pretty young then, but yeah. Tight enough, like it just didn't feel right, or it was just too loose, it, your yeah, skate kind of kept coming Yeah, I think just off. like, you know, my dad just didn't know about skates really, okay. right? Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> we weren't skating people you know on that side yeah. so yeah i think that we just didn't really get the whole skates and like the whole uh, intricacies of how that worked yeah. <laughs> you um, know only one from that side that probably would know is the legendary cuba gooding jr in cool runnings he's probably the only one who was yeah but they were just on the they were on, oh, the, on the sleds that's right there were no skates involved in that film yeah, yeah. they ran Nobody that's why knew. it was that's why they did so well Back. That's why we did so well, the Jamaicans, you know, they Back. did so well because the track running. Back. You got your boy uh, John Candy in there. All right. So I like that first memory that you shared because it kind of goes full circle. Like you were sitting there crying because you was hungry and now you're out here feeding an abundant amount of people on a regular basis. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's cool. Yeah. Let's take it back to high school. I feel like that's a good place to start for well, in Canada is what? Three years of high school? Because ninth grade is still considered like junior high? I guess so. When I was in high school, ninth grade was high school. You went to grades one through eight in uh, elementary school. And then when you went to high school, it was grade nine, 10, 11, 12. But I think they changed that. I think, so. I think when you were in high school, it changed, right? I think so. When I was here, the ninth graders wasn't really like in the high school classes or nothing like that, you know? I think that was something to do with the schools getting too, bu too busy. Yeah, because grades, there's so many grades one to six that they had to move the sevens and eights out of the elementary school. So ninth grade for you, what year is it in ninth grade for you? What year is it? Oh, damn, I think it'd be like 2003. And what's going on with Owen at that time? Yeah, what's happening in life? 
in grade nine. <laughs> Lots was going on, man. Um, grade nine, we was, I was working at Pesto's Cafe. I was a dishwasher and the line cook there. I was playing football. Um, yeah, I was chilling. I was being a whatever. How old was I? 13, 12, 13. I was young, right? So I didn't turn 18 till the year after I graduated. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I was just getting up to no good, man, pretty much. Not not terrible things and at that time, I guess, but we was just we was chilling, right? We was running around snowboarding and yeah, hanging out. Yeah. And like could you recall what the population of the city was at that time? Damn, I couldn't say uh I think it would maybe be around maybe like 60,000, 50,000 people, maybe, maybe 40,000. I couldn't say off the top of my head, though. It was growing like it was booming right then, right? Yeah, it was booming. Times were, times were booming. It was busy. Yeah, things were busy. So in a moment like that, um, it's the ninth grade. It's a lot of money going around, circulating. And, you know, you in school, I'm, I'm sure that the schools have changed since when you was in the ninth grade and when I was out here. I'm curious about, like, you know, you're working in the ninth grade, which to me is kind of rare. Like, I don't really know too many people that was working in the ninth grade. That's not that common for me. So you out here, you got a job, you're playing your sports, and you're in, like, a culinary position at the time. So was that something that you always had an interest in? Like, Yeah, I wanted to be in culinary since I can remember. Um, I think that's, other than, uh, I can't remember what age I was that, that they told me I was colorblind and I couldn't be a pilot. But uh, I think every kid wanted to be a pilot or something. But I did want—I did want to fly planes, right? Yeah. And then they told me at the optometrist, like, oh, he's like, they did this test, and he's like, oh, you look at that, you're colorblind, you'll never be a pilot. And I just, I was like, shit, hey. <laughs> I was like, just like that, right? Like, so that was that, right? Um, and and I think I don't know, like, I I think I was pretty young. I must have been ten or something, right? Because it was still like kind of like, you know. I, like thinking back right now, it's like, would I really want to be a pilot? Like, I don't know, right? Like, I don't know, right? Maybe, right? But, um, but it's like, yeah, I just remember being like, that was the first time I think someone like I didn't know told me something like, like, what do you mean I can't be a pilot? Like, cause I can't see what red, blue, green, you're crazy, man. Like, oh, it's still illegal. You saying like it's just you're not allowed? No, you can't though. I don't, maybe they changed it now, but back then, like, you couldn't be a pilot. No, if you can't see those, cause it's like the different lights for landing, and I think so. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, like for different intricacies, right, to do with that. Those shades, right? It's like those shades matter. I think when you're a pilot, and I think that's a I don't know if a defining thing for that uh, career. Like at the moment, yeah. I mean, I know they got them glasses that let you um, see now, so. Yeah, they didn't have those glasses. This is back in the early 2000s, maybe in the 90s. Come on, Pavel, let's let's talk here. Yeah, we didn't have no color-changing glasses back then, virtually reality, you know. <laughs> Get that crushing kids' dreams. Yeah. So yeah, but... um. After you crushed your pilot dreams. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I can't remember not wanting to cook. Word. Yeah, like I can't remember. Uh, I don't think I could remember a different career. I begged my parents to let me work in the kitchen. Wow. I think I started working in grade seven or eight. Wow. Yeah. I take the bus to, to work after school. Like, yeah. Yeah, that was it. So what is it about, like, cooking that made you so drawn to it? Yeah, I don't know if I can answer that. I don't know if I have an answer to that question, right? Like, um, you know, my, uh, I think my dad definitely enjoyed cooking more than my mom. You know, my dad definitely uh, loved cooking like Sunday dinner. And we always, even though my mom didn't enjoy cooking, I think cooking was a, 
was a thing that we were a pretty busy family and we would sit down and we would eat, you know, together. Um, and I think my dad came from a place where Sunday dinners were very important, right? Obviously they were Catholic and I, you know, they were, uh, Portuguese, Irish Catholic, Jamaican Catholics, right? And my grandparents met in the church. So I think like church dinners had a big thing to do with, with my dad's upbringing, right? So I think that food was something that, um, and I'm pretty sure that like, you know, um, from that side, from what we know of, like, you know, we ran like, uh, you know, like bars and pubs and cookhouses and things like that, right? Like also, you know, my, my, my dad and my granddad were sailors and stuff, but also that my family was involved in running that sort of stuff otherwise. Um, but I think that like, you know, I think as people too, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I knew this as a young child, right? I just think I like cooking. I just enjoyed cooking. And I think that having parents who were busy and working, um, when I wasn't working, I would enjoy cooking for my family because it was something that no one else really did that much and everyone was busy. So it was like a, a nice thing to do. And now, um, just with like what I'm involved with in my life now, other than work, you know, I still enjoy, you know, if there's a family wedding or if we got some ceremony going on, my wife is very culturally involved here in the community. And like, you know, like I like cooking a stew and like, you know, throwing down for, cause, cause cooking makes, intimidates a lot of people, right? Uh, cooking cooking makes people feel uncomfortable you, you put yourself out there right like you're making people everyone gets to judge you that more much more when you're cooking that's why that's why it's also a very tough career you know it ain't you know um one of the things i don't like the most about what i do is that like everyone knows me and everyone is judging me off of the food yeah. not even i'm cooking like thankfully i got great people right but it's like man like it's just a lot sometimes, right? It's like, yeah. shit, everybody knows, especially we're kind of in a big, small town. Everybody knows, right? Like, you know, and it's like, uh, so it's just, yeah, it can be a lot, right? Um, but it's also really empowering and it like feels really good, you know? But it's a, you know, like with life, it's just like two-sided coin, right? Like, yeah. It's, it's going to be one in one. Like, it's never going to be just one thing all the totally, way Totally, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think it's just I really... I really enjoyed seeing that, you know, like seeing that, like my dad would be blasting music, whether it was Miles Davis, Bob Marley, whoever it was on Sunday, and he'd just be cooking or whatever day it was, right? Be cooking up a storm and singing. And my parents had really busy jobs at the oil sands, right? And I never see my parents like jumping for joy at work, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, um, but like, you know, like, you know, some days are pretty shitty. You know, some days can be shitty at work, whatever. But a lot of times we're jumping for joy, singing, and, yeah. you know, like, it's busy. But, I mean, you've been there, too. Yeah. It gets right. busy and hectic. How did you see cooking when you were in the ninth grade or when you felt, like, a passion for it? Like, what did you think it was going to be like doing it later on or in a professional way? You know, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I think I... I saw myself doing what I'm doing, basically. You can ask people that I worked with in Calgary. Um, when I worked down there for a few years, I said I want to come home and open up my own spot or, or run a spot up here, right? I, I think I always dreamed of doing what I'm doing. From the jump, I was lucky to work for people who work for themselves for the most part. And I think I realized that's what I'd want to do. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I don't really like listening to people that much. You know, um, I like doing, I like doing what I want to do. And you know, I'm not saying that in like a cocky way, like I'm the best. 
but I'm just saying that like um, I've been lucky enough to figure out what I want to do. You know, um, I've been lucky and hardworking enough to be able to see that through and and whatever. So it's like I, um, yeah. What is it that makes it feel lucky? Like, because I think we're all lucky. I think that I think we all get lucky. You know, I think that everyone's life has a degree of luck to it, right? Like, it's just what you play with your luck and whether you. It's not all good luck and it's not all bad luck, right? But um, or whatever, or you know, good fate and bad fate, whatever you want to call it, yeah, right? But I know what you mean. But we all got like a we all, we all get a certain degree of like a a shitty hand, right? When we're born or with, that's dealt to us, right? Some of us get a really good hand. Some of us get a all right hand, you know. Mm-hmm. Some of us get like you know a really bad hand, right? Not everyone. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, and we don't get that choice, right? But yeah. I think I was lucky to get a pretty good hand, and then I, I saw what I wanted, right? And I worked hard enough and had enough support, or you know, from everywhere, right? Support within myself, support from my family, support from whatever, right? From my friends, support from community, you know, to to see that through. And I don't think it's all skill, and I don't think it's all hard work, and I don't think it's all luck, but I think it's a bit of every everything, right? Like yeah, like you don't get. Like, look at us right here, right? We don't get to me and you talking from your mom working for me back, like, you know, 15 years ago, right? Like, this is, it's just a, it's just a little bit too much sometimes, right? Whether you want to believe that is just circumstantial or just, like, happenstance, like, cool. But I don't, I don't think so, right? But I think that also, yeah, like, if you sit down and think about what you want to do every day, then, like, you can do it, right? Like, you can you can do the things that you want to do, right? Like, no matter where you're at, like, there's enough out there that you can probably get it done somehow, some way, right? Like, yeah, you can slip up, you can stumble, right? Mm, yeah, you'll mm-hmm. get there, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Persistence, man. And that self-belief is important. Like, there's so many examples of just giving up on that, you know? Like, it's kind of one of the reasons that I wanted to do this season solely based off careers here in the city. Because it's like, you're just so quick to just be told, don't do it. Like, you could just go to the site and make more money than everyone, right? And, like, it's so monetary-based. And, I mean, I get it. People got their family to feed. Like, I'm not knocking anyone that decided to do that. I'm not trying to make it seem like it's a bad totally. thing. But I do want people to see that it's not the only thing. You know what I mean? Like, there's people who have really done something that they love right here. Yeah, like, we need to see, like, a clothing store pop up. You know, we need to see, like, a, sh- a sneakerhead come through. But we need to see those come through from from people that are here, right? I don't want to see a chain up in here, right? Um, yeah, like it's really important. I think I think we're getting to a place where we can see that again here. We used to see a lot of that when I was young. There was a lot of independent, cool stores, like different types of things around here, hobby stores like RVs and you know, like not RVs, RC car, like you know, like cool things. Really good music store. We're starting to see that come alive again, right? Yeah, we need to see some like you know independent clothing and you know just to to let the flavor out people people need to know and and then that gives the youth those options that's one really good thing for me is i saw that growing up here right that there was support for that and yeah we kind of lost that this is a it's an interesting place because there's lots of people that are from here and like have roots here but then there's a lot of just in and out so you get a lot of people that don't care to see a local thing right yeah they have no interest in it's like they they see more value in larger things coming to the city yeah like yeah Yeah, that's why i'm really kind of against that like 
I understand the benefits to a Costco and, you know, all this other stuff too, but, um, yeah, like, no, let's get some, let's get some young people in, like, running some, you know, like, cool fashion lines that come out every, you know, every quarter. Mm -hmm. You know, we see that a lot with more, um, that's more to, like, different bases than to, you know, younger males maybe right now that we see, right? You got some nice boutique store for more, uh, feminine based clothing and things like that which is beautiful and nice but also it'd be really cool to see some of those cool things coming up like you know you see some really cool fashion and stuff coming up and that's what excites the kids right like one of the main reasons i started working was to go to central park west which was a store down by the mcdonald's downtown what's there now like some nail place or maybe the the flavors is there now but back in the day it was a store called central park west and it would bring in all the fresh triple five soul and LRG. Like this is back when, and you know, your zoo, York, you know, fat farm, you know, you would get like your fat farm and your rock aware when rock aware was just coming out. Like your, your really nice Aniche or NYC, whatever you want to call it. Like our E nice, like academic. Yeah. Um, like, but your really nice clothes. And, uh, and like, that's where I'd spend my money, man. You know, like I was all about it. That was the main thing I was looking for was going to just buy fresh clothes. And it's dope having that here. Yeah. And you want it like people will buy it, right? Like you see it. Yeah. But I'm all about, I'm all about that. We need to, we need to drive that too, though. And that needs to come from, you know, you, you sometimes you call me like OG and stuff and it makes me laugh. But, but then I gotta, I see you, I go, okay, okay, I'll take that and run with it. Since like we gotta support that as the, you know, the OGs need to come through and be like, okay, we need to support these youth. Like when you're talking about this basketball thing at the park. And it's like, no, we got to do that. Let's, let's go. Like, yeah. Because it's like, we got to see those things happen, right? Because that's going to, you know, when I was younger, maybe there was some things that were overlooked to where it was just like, oh, yeah, sports or this and that, right? But we need to be teaching these kids, you know, you can tag up stuff respectfully, you know. Um, you can you can use that art. You can go start that, turn that for clothing. You can... You can take emceeing, you can take basketball and all that stuff, and we can do something cool. You don't have to go play in basketball. You you can come play street court, you know, like and and just have that stuff out there for the youth, right? Because that's when they see those opportunities. And we got a lot of support here. Like this is a really good community for that. But it's about activating that in the in the right way, so we see good things come from it, right? Teach these kids that like you know the differences between like good good takeaways and bad takeaways from culture and like the things that we don't need to pretend that we are or aren't you know so uh yeah just it's just you know trying to change that mindset right it makes me think of the decisions that we make you know what i mean and how like it's so many things that we could look back on and just like man with the knowledge i have now would have did it different but it also helped me get to a certain point like where i'm at now and i feel like you know with life is just i don't really think it matters like what you're financial standpoint is what your family status is like what type of environment it is that you're growing in you're just constantly faced with decisions that you got to make like it's inevitable so i'm just curious for you like you know what is an important decision that you feel like you had to make that was one of those you did what it is that you didn't want to do you know making those type of decisions where it's like i don't want to do this but it's what i should do or is what i need to do at this time you know that's interesting because 
you can go back so far and you know you can make a lot of decisions right like yeah and it's like i could have made decision yesterday right yeah. like you know like uh, and i feel like i haven't even lived that much of a life like you could ask that just that question to someone who's like 40 45 and they got like 12 years on me right like, personally i'd ask that question to an eight-year-old eight-year-old might just be just tell you about like what kind of cookie they chose today and it's like damn man like i asked my dad for a grape and a lime slushy and i'm feeling like i just should have had that cream soda um yeah like i just i just made a decision today on a slushy and it's like damn was that a good one or what but i'm not eight years old right slushies aren't my biggest concern anymore or maybe they are right maybe life's just that simple right maybe i mean in that moment yeah, in that moment, it feels that way. Damn, I, I guess one of the biggest decisions like I made in my life that, that really changed my life was moving back here. Yeah. So where'd you go and, and why'd you go there? I was in Calgary, yeah. I went to Calgary to, to get educated in cooking, right? You can't, you can't uh, learn culinary up here. So my, my, my boss, my mentor, and my, my ex-business partner made, like, pretty much said, yeah, you got to go. I was probably going to go anyways, right? But he, he encouraged that, which was probably one of the best things he did for me. Um, but yeah, so I moved to Calgary, you know, um, fresh out of high school with my friend, with my good homie, Remy. Yeah, in Zimbabwe, and Remy, he's a good dude. We were good homies. We, we had a good two years. We had a good run down there. Yeah, he had some cousins down there. Yeah, we linked up with them. It was real... That was the first time I think I hung around like all black people for for pretty much like two years solid. Yeah, that was a real like yeah, a real brought me into the big city. Yeah, and it was a it was fun, man. It was good. I had a good time. I cooked at a really nice hotel, um, the Hyatt Hotel down there. It was a it was a different experience from seventeen to nineteen. Like, you know, we lived in a little townhouse. My mom had to get us a townhouse because uh we couldn't get rental we went i went down we looked for like pff, four weeks man no one would rent these two young dudes a townhouse no one would rent us nothing so like i said right like i got a lucky hand but we had to pay or we had to pay our rent and it had to be on time so that was good yeah but it was a good couple of years man yeah what was culinary school like what did you think it was going to be like and and how was it in in reality um, I thought it was going to be, what did I think? I, I think it was going to be a lot harder. Yep. I thought it was going to be a lot harder. I thought that, I thought that working would be a lot more, it was hard work, but I think it was harder work than I, it was more like being a manager, right? Like, um, but it was good. Like I enjoyed it. I got a lot of opportunity. More. I got to, yeah, it was a weird time. It was kind of an economic downturn in Calgary at that point so it was like a, a hotel freeze there was layoffs happening it was a weird environment with a lot of I've never experienced that it was a lot of people working there right so it was different for me um it was cool though I'd never worked with so many different people like like from all around the world like everywhere and it was really cool in that regard like uh and you know like I'm I'm a pretty nice sociable person and like being my my hue like I was pretty fair game for anyone, right? I wasn't light enough to be light, and I wasn't dark enough to be dark. So it's like everyone just kind of had to see where I, who I was, and where I was at. So it was kind of cool. I'd never worked with so many different cultures before, and I think that really set me up well 
uh, because you just learn how to get along with everyone from your from your assistant general manager and general manager to the to the stewards and the housekeepers, right, who get your uniform for you and to the people changing the garbages, right? It just taught me how really how much how much respect mattered everyone, right? And if you respected everyone, like shit would be easy. You know, like I um yeah, like not like I disrespected anyone before, but as like a seventeen to nine year old working with that many people, like, you know, there was like some it must have been like El Salvadorian housekeepers right and if you looked at them the wrong way they just sun you right like and you don't do that so it was just really you know like yeah you just learned that and and there was people who didn't notice that and you could just see the you know you could just see how how different things were yeah so yeah i really enjoyed it i got to do a lot of work um you know i was a hard worker i got to work pretty much everywhere and it was really cool um you know like you know, you might not always get treated the best. And you, when you're young, you let yourself get treated that way just because you want to do really well. But, um, but yeah, like going in there now, I would, I would maybe have a few more things to say, but I mean, um, yeah, you got to, one thing that's, that's one thing I always tell people is make sure you stand up for yourself when you're like an employee, right? Yeah. Because you have a lot more power than you think and you got to, you know, stand up for yourself. Yeah. So it's like, it's like important. I think, I think that people let employers i'm an employer and i think people let employers get away with little little like too much right like for me it's like a give and take for sure um like i expect you know obviously things from people who who work with me or for me or whatever you want to say but um but yeah like i think it can be a positive relationship but yeah but i think at a big hotel big corporate hotel sometimes that gets lost if you're closer to the bottom that it can just be a lot like but obviously like people working for corporations work for lots of people right but yeah you just gotta you have to walk to a different beat and and just be okay with sitting with that which is fine like some people have no problem with uh with not caring about where that's coming from which is kind of good yeah like not everyone wants to be sitting there thinking about all this kind of shit all the time right and that's fine like yeah that's one thing i'm trying to do more of is not be that person so it's kind of interesting to yeah, but I mean, yeah, working for a big corporation is is nuts, right? Like especially when you're when you're in the food and beverage industry, like in the hotel industry, that's a whole different animal. Like that's where my mama used to work. I'm not gonna lie, I think I got a lot of punishments that wasn't well deserved. It must have just been something that was going on over there. I I would never speak on anything that your mother did because <laughs> I love and respect her. You know, like so. So yeah. anything you're trying to rope me into is mm-hmm. not going to go on any sort of like It's all good, man. Mama was like know? Mama was like 23, 24. You know what I mean? Like Yo, she was a young one. Like, man, man, I think I might have dealt with some of that backlash when she was working for me, man. Mm-hmm. Like damn. But you know, like it's hard. Like working in a like people people saying to me like, "Oh, gracias, señor." And I'm like at the on the buffet line making eggs like, like "Bro, like I'm from Fort McMurray, Alberta. Like I speak I speak English. Yeah, but but you're not some white dude saying it at the end of a buffet line, you know? Like, yeah, like it's a little different when someone's saying it in that tone, and you know, and yeah, it's like you're saying it like, yo, yo, what's up? Like this guy's like, oh yeah, I can speak Spanish. It's like, dog, what are you? We're in Calgary, Alberta. Like, get out of here, dog. Like, you don't know where anybody's from in this place. I know you went to Cancun once. But yeah, come on, man. I seen your that. braids on Instagram. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's official. I love those braids. Yeah. It's they inevitable.
All right, so culinary school. I mean, I'm curious as to, I mean, you already said that it was your mentor, like, who said that you should do it, but I'm sure you must have had an interest in wanting to do it before he even mentioned it, right? So. Oh, like, going to school. My my parent, my, my dad wouldn't let me live if I didn't get some sort of after school. You know, like, yeah, like, I wouldn't have been allowed to just finish high school. No, nah, like, no, nah, man, my, yeah, like, way too much pride in, in, in something, right? Like, my dad's a tradesperson, too, right? So. Not only that, my dad's a trade person who like worked himself up from being a tradesperson, right? So he, uh, and I think his dad as well, like, was like, no, nah, you got to do something after this, right? Like, so I think that there's just a, I think until I just got my red seal this year, and I don't think my dad was at ease in life and, until I just finished that, you know, like, uh, one of the main reasons I got it was just because I told him I would get it right so I had to finish that you know like you can't break a promise to your father right like you know um yeah so that was just that right like I had to do something I might have owned a restaurant for 10 years and whatever but I didn't have a certificate and that meant a lot to to my dad right and I knew that so it meant a lot to me so like uh, yeah I think that's important right I think that not only seeing things through, but also getting some sort of, you know, like, do I believe in everything that society tells us is, is right? Probably not. But do I think that after learning in high school, are we done learning and should we not try and go to some sort of second education? No, I don't think so. Like, I think not only just open yourself up to those experiences and a second level of, of people and to meet people again in that circumstance, right? Like, you know, I think it's just important whether whether you're going to school for something that's like for for that for for you know for your career, or you're just gonna go to school for something, or or go to some sort of second level learning, or I guess just to keep on immersing yourself into those situations. I don't know, but that's what I I think it would be cool. Like, I don't think I'm done learning. I think I see myself going back to school for something else too. Yeah, like I don't I don't see myself as being like a kind of person who's just done with that i'd like to go and, and and do and doing school as an adult like i was a terrible student you know as a as a high school i hated school like i went in the rap program i i took enough time off school as i could i got kicked out of like i skipped i i dropped as many classes as i could i think i took two classes in my last in my grade 12 year i think i had english and social two core yeah I dropped science 30. I did my math through correspondence in grade 11. You know, I did work experience and, and that was it. But I had people around me that knew that if, if I didn't do that, then I would be getting in more trouble uh, hanging around, not working. So for me, it was kind of work or bust. In grade 12, after football, for sure. Like, yeah, like that was it for me. Football. Well, I know you have a passion for it. So what was it like for you knowing that you wouldn't be able to partake in it no more? come to end of school yeah i think uh i think a lot of people i played with at my time were moving on to play football at second level too right like a lot of the dudes i played football with for for five years were going to play football still and i just you know like i had a lot of injuries you know and i was not uh yeah like i didn't see myself continuing playing football I wasn't really, a lot of the dudes I played with were really into taking supplements and hitting the gym and, and going, to, going to do that, right? Like, I wasn't into that, that part of it. I wasn't into that. I was a, you know, I was a pretty good ball player. 
would I say I was great? I don't think so. I, I was a captain and all that, right? Like, you know, I had a lot of heart and I played well, but I wasn't into going to play football after football. I played my heart out and I, and it, and it ended and that, I was okay with that. I didn't think I would even coach football at that point. I was pretty much, you know, like I had blown my knee out. I barely made it through the season, man. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I still can't shake my head. Like, yeah, we played hard. We played, we learned how to play a different way, right? And we played a lot of hard games, a lot of long, hard games. That messed my body up real good. But yeah, you could talk to anyone I played with and they'd tell you the same thing. But, um, but yeah, like I, yeah, I didn't really, did it, did it tear me up? I don't think so, man. Also, I think I was in such a different headspace then that I wasn't really concerned with that. What were some of your concerns at the time? You know, my concerns weren't, you know, I don't know what my concerns were, man. Like, I was just kind of just fucking chilling. I wasn't really concerned about much, to be honest. Yeah, like, I think, um, you know, I don't think it was the most positive space for sure. Like, I think that that was probably, uh, if you talk about, like, your, where you think that you were at, like, a crossroads, that could have been one of my biggest crossroads in life, right? And maybe I was on the on the skids of being on the wrong side of those crossroads, right? Wrong side of those train tracks. Maybe I spent like three years, maybe until I moved back here, kind of on that skirt, right? Like, right. I don't know if I have that clarity yet, even where I'm at right now. Um, but, but yeah, like I could definitely say that. Yeah. Like I was just kind of, I was just looking to graduate, man. That was the, the number one thing was like not getting in jail not grad not and, and getting through high school so my parents would like get off my back graduate high school get to calgary i knew that's what i was doing at that point right i had my plan yeah get to get to calgary i'll figure the rest out yeah like i'm gonna get i'm gonna get out of here yeah that was my focus not getting in trouble number one so i could keep doing what i was doing i like i like my freedom right i think i yeah like i I kept myself out of enough trouble that I got enough freedom that I could kind of do whatever. Definitely, definitely a different place. Yeah. So we make this decision to go to Calgary. We go to culinary school. We graduate culinary school. Mm -hmm. Oh, how far do we go? Is this third year when you decided to move back? Yeah, I guess it would be like two years into it. About, yeah, 2009. And you said that that was like a very important decision to make at the time. So I'm curious now, like, Let's double back to that question. What was it exactly that made it feel that way? Or what was it that was transpiring that made it so serious? Well, at the time, the time what had happened is I had like three of my three of my friends passed away within like a month, two of them together and then one separately. And, you know, like we talk about fate and circumstance and then like uh, so my I'm sorry for interrupting. This all happened while you were in Calgary and they were in Calgary. Well, I was well. here visiting. It was my it was my mom's birthday weekend, so I was here visiting, and and two of my homies drowned in the river. Wow. Yeah, and um, wow. I was here. I remember you talk about earlier, like oh, you remember your earliest memory. Well, I could tell you like this isn't early because I would have been nineteen, but I could tell you we were driving right Thickwood Boulevard, right by the snow dump, when my my homie Brent Pilgrim called me and he said that two of the homies like fell in the river and they were looking for them, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah, I was supposed to go to my mom's birthday dinner that day or the next day. But I could tell you that there's certain things you remember, right? So that was like just recently, that would have been in May, May 28th, 29th or 30th of uh, 2009. Yeah. 
So then that happened in May, you know, I was up here. I didn't go back to work for a bit because they were looking for their bodies in the river. Took a while to found them. I think I went back before they found them and then uh, came back up after we got word that that happened. And then I think when I had gone back to Calgary, my homie Dennis got into a motorcycle accident and died. Wow. Yeah, so these were, yeah, my homies Adam and Devin. Adam I had known since I was like a young pup. We came up here together. Oh, so this is Devin Rock. Yeah, and yeah. Devin I started playing football with, and um, they passed away in the canoe together. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that was like rough, right? That was the first, that was the first like time that I actually really like experienced loss like that. You know, like my grandfather died when I was a baby. Um, I think my, that was my mom's dad. I think my, my, my dad's mom died, you know, when I was in grade seven and that was lost for real. Like, but, but I think I felt that more through my father, but this one was like the first real, like, you know, like living through an actual process of like, of that. Right. Yeah. And that was really intense. Yeah. Mm. And I still drank like then. So it was like a. A lot of drinking and shit went on that weekend because that we were all like under twenty and like that's what we were doing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember like a few times during when when I've gone through a a big grieving process, I've been, I guess, kind of lucky enough to know enough people that, um, and have enough like you know connection with people that I've been through a fair bit of grieving in that sense. And, um, you know, a lot of that revolves around like negative experiences with alcohol, right? Like, and that's what like, you know, you'll find maybe doesn't help you in that process. Right. And that's like, you know, coaching football, you know, all those sorts of things. Right. It's like, um, coming full circle on coaching football again this year, I just started coaching with uh, my, my homie Dylan out in Fort Mackay my first time being like a full sober coach not not drinking alcohol and and like you know when I coached football it's not like I was an alcoholic drinking before practice but like parents would be like gifting you that and and um football is where I learned to drink too partying and at football parties right and you know that shit too like so um so it's like football was already connected to that and then like going through this whole process and and also with my wife and like the path that she's on is kind of like a is a sober path of learning and, and, and clean spirit. And um, so me me stepping into that. Uh, partially like is is different. And then me also coaching football, uh, reflecting on that whole experience and like and what why I started coaching football. And when I moved back to Fort McMurray after my homies died and getting all into this this coaching football on this kind of constant cycle of, of mourning and grief, but also like thinking that I'm working through it by coaching these young kids. And then also, you know, the play on whether I'm a positive influence or not, when I'm going through those things and people's parents are giving you alcohol as gifts for coaching and, you know, things like that. And, you know, like I still like, I still am giving away liquor from that still, you know, this is like 10 years ago. Yeah, putting people in other situations like other adults and other kids in situations where they're learning those negative, you know, negative things. Like I'm not saying that all all drinking is bad and I'm, you know, forbading that and, you know, but but also like taking a look on that and 
and you know what was my play and as being a you know, I was supposed to be a responsible adult and here we are like, you know, watching this sort of stuff go down. And yeah, it made me kind of reflect on that and step away from that for a bit as well. I mean, am- among other things of being a busy family man, but but also like, yeah, it's just all in kind of retrospect when you go through all that so fast. So yeah, like my homies died, three homies died in like two months. Um, My my ex-partner, my business partner, uh, and my my chef and mentor called me and said if I wanted to come back and kind of re- reopen Mitchell's and work with him again, and uh, and that's when that decision came up to 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 move back up here. I was homesick, you know. I've been away for two years working my butt off in Calgary, and at that point in time, I thought I'd be moving back home in my mom's basement. But then she got relocated to Calgary, and then I was up here on my own again for a bit. And but but it's like um, that's how that decision worked out, right? Like. I thought I'd be moving back home to be like a kid in the basement again. And that didn't, that didn't happen kind of thankfully. Right. Cause that made me become even that more independent and really, really work through all that and go through those experiences. You know, like I'm not saying that I was a, I was a bad person, you know, uh, coaching football for the wrong reasons, getting like free alcohol. But I'm just saying like, that was a part of like what I did in that point in time that, that now reflecting on it, it's like I was stuck in a rut, like thinking that all these things were okay and that was proper, right? Yeah, it's weird like to feel that the reward for doing something good or something that we're grateful for is here's something that's going to like intoxicate you. You know, it's kind of strange. It is. Yeah, so it's just interesting like reflecting on that whole culture and think really thinking about that in full circle, how that was like my first battle with with that whole thing, right? Yeah, you see people up in arms about cannabis stores opening up close to schools. Meanwhile, there's four liquor stores in that same vicinity, even closer to elementary schools and high schools, and uh, no one even bats an eyelash. I just think that there's a lot of introspection that needs to be done on on that, right? And 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 how we look upon those things and you know how we how how okay we how we look down on everything else that's abusive right we look down on anyone who abuses any sort of other you know quote unquote drug or substance right and uh, we just let alcohol just like walk away scot free we're marketed to we're marketed people yeah and it's like one thing is fine and the other is not um yeah cuz cuz they say so and i mean that's just the way that's just the way it's been right yeah whether whether it's this or that, you know, like it's like you could take that up with our education system. You could take that up with so many different things, right? Like, yeah, like the way we the way we teach, the way we learn, even the way we, we, we treat each other in that regard. Like, you know, um, yeah, the only people that know should be the people that are doing it, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all for harm reduction and, you know, and giving people clean access to what they're, what they need to do, right? But also we need to change the connotation on what's good and what's bad because, you know, everything was put here and everything is made, like not, you know, not everything is just grown, right? Like the only thing that's just grown is like weed, right? Weed is like the least, it's dried, you know, tobacco now has been, there was natural tobacco, there still is some natural tobacco, but tobacco has been very much monetized and chemicalized, right? Now vaping, right? Like nicotine vaping, like that's a scary animal. And you don't even know if it's real. Like if you're young and buying it, you're not even buying it from like the corner store. You know, you're just getting it from Bobby Joe's, 
you know, mm -hmm. uh, a tobacco mart there. I mean, who knows if what kind of e-juice or, yeah, I yeah. mean, that's why, yeah, like, if I could tell it to myself or to my kids, I'd say, wait till you're like an adult till you do anything, you know, whether it be mushrooms, acid, weed, alcohol, whatever. Yeah, be confident about who you are. Like, you don't want those types of things shaping who you, who you think you are or who you want to be, right? Yeah. Everybody, all these... Look at all these kids in high school smoking weed. They turn into a 50 cent G unit, right? Because they puffed a joint, right? Yeah, it's like a flower courage. Yeah. You got the liquid courage and you got the flower yeah, courage. Yeah, you got the flower courage. Yeah, so it's, it's just, strange. I mean, but but that's it, right? Like We can sit here and talk about that all day, but we're not in high school right now. And those kids are doing what they feel is right. And then they'll sit here in 20, 15 years and they'll say, oh, yeah, like we shouldn't have done those e-juices. But, you know, the kids now are doing... Uh, Poochie poochie about us, you know, and, and those are even worse. And by then we'll be old, old, and we'll be sitting there like, what are you talking about, hoochie babas, you know? Like, and um, so it's all, you know, like, does it matter now? Are half those kids vaping, or more than half of them are going to turn out okay? I'm probably going to hopefully quit by the time they get into college. Who knows, right? Like, that's those decisions that you make, right? Like, um, like where you go. So we get this call. Instead of they got an opportunity for you, they like for you to come through. What are the choices then? Going to Mitchell's and working there. What's going on in Calgary right at that moment when we're making that decision? Like, what is it exactly that you're picking from? What's going on in Calgary when you're making this decision? What's going on in Calgary is that uh, I think I was realizing that maybe I wasn't a big city boy. Also, I didn't really, I don't think I felt like being there anymore. Yeah. And how old are we at this time? Like 19. Yeah, I don't think I felt like being there anymore. Any specific reason, or you just kind of, it was, you was good off of Calgary? Well, I think just like, just like my friends passing away had a lot to do with it. You know, I think that wanting to come home and just be around people that understood what I was going through. Yeah, I, f I think I felt a, a lot disconnected. Yeah, from that. The city definitely um, has that effect, because it's like, you have such a huge thing going on in your life. And everything around you is just continuing on like nothing even happened. Yeah, like nobody even cared. Yeah, and I think that like, I was like, damn. I was like, is it not a big deal or is it? And I, th and I think I just needed to find that out. And I think that like there was obviously some changes. Like a, a lot of my really good bosses who I learned a lot from were moving. Two best chefs that I learned under were leaving the hotel. And I think I saw where the hotel was going at that point And I said, shit, I don't want to stay here. And I don't think I really wanted to look for another job down there at that point when that offer to come up here was there i think that i was a little bit weakened at that point and and i would have came uh, yeah like i i was like okay yeah i'll come up yeah this is perfect like this yeah, is now like, this is i got a reason to go now i got a yeah. reason so you know you already said that you're not too fond of you know working for someone or being told what to do you like doing what it is that you like to do so what is this experience like at 19? You know, like now you at Mitchell's. Like, what's going on at the time? Well, it, at that going? point, I don't think I knew how much I didn't like being told what to do. I can say that now. I think then I would do a lot of other things. Even when I came up and worked with my partner, I'd do a lot of things he told me to do. You know, um, I think I've really grown into that now. Like, I'm a lot more. Like, now it's like. Now, like, I'll spend my time where I please. Unless my wife tells me to do something, then I'll probably do it. <laughs> or my daughter, you yeah. know, yeah, like, 
I'll be wrapped around them too, but whatever. Or my mama. Probably my sister too, though. Yeah, and I'll probably harass my dad, but I'll probably do something he told me to. But that's for family, right? Like, yeah. But it's like, um, but no, like I'm, you know, like I work really hard. And I, I, I do a lot of stuff other than work. You know, I put a lot of time in the community. Put a lot of time into um, to trying to, to do what, what I think uh, we should do as citizens, you know, like. My mom was really active, like, in community, like, volunteering, like, a lot of shit. My mom put a lot of hours into this community. And I don't say that, like, with a, you know, like, papa. But my mom was, like, very, um, you know, that's when I talked a lot about my father's side of the family. But but my mom's family, like, they really, uh, you know, they really invest. They really, really believe in, like, in doing stuff, doing doing things for the community, not just for yourself, right, but for the people that you live with. And um, that's one thing about, um, you know, like growing up here when I was younger, it's like we didn't have, not a lot of people had roots here. Not a lot of people still have roots here, you know, um, like shit. Not a lot of second, you don't see a lot of, other than indigenous people in this in this community, you know, rightfully so, like we don't have a lot of roots here. Um, but that's also like kind of sad because you get a lot of people who've forgotten about things that have happened here, right? So it's really important for me to be here and to stay here, right? Because I'm from here and I feel maybe it's because, you know, like my mom was from Ontario. My dad was from Wales. You know, their parents were from, you know, other places, right? Like, you know, like we're all, you know, pretty close to to being fresh off the boat immigrants, right? Like, especially on my dad's side, like, you know, uh, but I I think I just have this like need to be somewhere where I know from before. Like, you might know that, too, a little bit. Like, you've been all over the place, man. Like, so you know where you want to go for that, right? And that's where I'm at here, yeah. right? Like, uh, like I know that here, right? Like, I used to tell you when you were young, like, oh, one day I hope you feel like you feel like home here, right? Yeah. You know, and I think, like, one day you might say that to me still. Like, I don't think that's tomorrow. Yeah, and I see that more and more, right? Like, uh, so that's great to me, right? Because it's like, I don't know. You always, to me, you're always leaving still, right? Yeah, no, nah, facts. Yeah. I'm trying to stop it. I really yeah, am. Yeah. Some people don't, don't know what that feeling feels like, right? Some people know where, you know, they're, they're from there and that's where their grandparents, parents, parents is from, you know, and that's, and that's a lot for people. And that's, you know, like, I think there's a lot to be mm-hmm. said about, you know, just the fact that like, you know, people's generations mm-hmm. have been uprooted, like, right? whether you say that from residential schools and from from mm-hmm. colonization or from the other colonizations of people being torn away from countries just like always being a guest somewhere right mm-hmm. so it's like how do we stop that right like is that in our hearts is that physical you know is that being able to find that mental place when you go visit your family or to know that you can find that like yeah and that's not the same for anyone right but also it's something that like we need to acknowledge too as like humans right it's like some people don't feel comfortable just because they never been anywhere that they felt comfortable in, you know? It took me a long time to feel comfortable here even, right? Like, I'm from here, you know? Like, I still get asked where I'm from, and I tell people I'm from here, and they're like, no, where are you really from, though? And it's like, homie, I'm fucking from here, though. Like, I, you know, like, you know, my daughter was born in the fire and it gutted me that she was born in Calgary because she didn't get born here, you know? It was so important to me that, you know, but that's a lesson, right? Because you can't control everything, right? 
but it's like my daughter still thinks she's from here yeah she's born in calgary but she's from here right yeah and it's like um you know just i don't know just having that right is important you know my we're lucky enough my my wife is really involved with with a lot of community here and we're really like i'm i'm you know we're really firm here right like you know and i'm really proud of that and i you know like that's just it right like really proud of this community i'm proud of the people here and i'm proud of everything i've done in my life even the things i've done wrong i'm proud of right because it's like that's a lesson and i've learned like you know i thankfully don't think i've hurt anyone to irreparable damage you know you know like i i think i'm lucky enough and i can say that right like i don't think i i don't think i've hurt anyone to the point where they couldn't come back from and and to where i couldn't you know where I did something so, you know, downright unforgivable evil, right? Like, you know, some people have. And you can come back from that too, right? But it takes more work. Life's all about work, whether you see it as, like, going to work as a job or just, like, unlearning your negative traits and trying to be that better person, right? Like, I think that's, that's like, one thing that we forget is, like, that should be the number one goal is to just come out better. Like, you know, like, when I die... I just hope I die better. You know, I might be more frail or whatever, but I just hope I'm, like, a better person than I was, you know, and I learned shit. I don't think my mom suffers from this as much as my dad because, you know, she's she's white and she's had a bit more of a privileged life like that, you know, and I can say that. She would probably say that honestly, too. But, like, sometimes I just remind my dad that he's, like, he he's a good person and that, like, you know, and that it's okay and he did really well and that, like, I'm really proud of him, too. Like, he tells me he's proud of me and shit, and I'm like, no, I'm proud of you too, you know? Like, you know, sometimes we got to remember that our parents didn't come from close places to us. And, um, yeah, like, my dad's, like, 73. He was born in, like, 1949, you know? Like, the world was a hella different place where he came up. Like, he he came up in, in a hella different place than where I thought. I thought I had it rough when I was coming up here. There ain't no fucking, <laughs> you know, like... No, like, we might have been one of the only colored families, but at least people weren't, like, fucking spitting on us, you know? Like, yeah, like, times, it's different, right? And it's all perspective, right? Because when I was in high school, people used to drop the M-bomb like crazy. Homie's, homie's nickname was, was, was nigga blank, right? And he let people call him that, right? And it's like, bruh, like, I'm only, like, mixed, and, like, what are you doing, bro? Me and homie took, like, a stance, and we were like, in the town bro and we said if we hear anybody saying that like we are coming for you like yeah like and that was it like and that's that's how fucking mad we were then right and then when we moved to calgary we had these skinhead rallies going on me and the homies rolled man and yeah like luckily i've never done any irreparable damage man but we've been close man yeah but these are all lessons right and it's like you know now i don't know man i'm old but it's like there's there's some places you would still go down a dark road when someone would do some things, you know, because some things you just can't let slide like that. Yeah, and I would even risk the same shit for some bigoted shit on some on some human rights. I'm I'm just not I'm not only talking about people dropping M bombs, I'm talking about all sorts of rights for people now. Like Yeah, like um we need to grow as people, right? Like that's one thing. We're especially we're in we're in like Pride Month and Indigenous Peoples Month and you know, I think that we need to do a lot of eye opening on the on the judgments we're putting on people, right? We just shift in our judgments as humans, right? We're like, oh, we're gonna judge 
these people. Now we're going to judge these people. Now we're judging these people. Yo, people didn't send their children to school this week because they were doing pride activities. Like, what is wrong with us, man? Like, they weren't even... And people are saying mumbo-jumbo about, like, drag shows in the schools and this and that. There wasn't one drag show in the school. And, and if there was, who cares? What I don't understand about all that is, like, it's so confusing to me how they're trying to say that this is, like, a avocation or as if it's going to, like, move people towards these ideologies or make a lot of people, like, join this community or become a part of this community. And I'm like, I'm going to keep it real with you. I don't know anyone personally who voluntarily makes their life extremely harder. Like, no. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. who goes out the blue and just for shits and giggles, I'm going to do something that is, like, obviously going to make my life a lot more difficult. Like, people don't do that. If somebody is a part of that community, like, there's no way that you're doing that for fun or, like, you're doing it because it's something that you feel like is a bonus or will help you in life or anything of that nature. I just feel like you're doing it because it's what you have to do. Like, that's who you are. You're not, you're not out here fighting to become something. You're fighting to be who it is that you are. You know what I mean? So it's so strange. Most of these notions have been put in place by... You know, people who people are uh, people or institutions who think they're all knowing. Yeah. Like or, or I'm a, you know, or I believe this is the word of God, you know, like, you know, the, the bigotry is large. Right. Like we see some crazy things like uh, we're afraid of drag queens and kings, but we're not afraid of, you know, people representing certain churches who are like highest known for pedophilia i mean we need to take a, a deep look on on how we feel about these things and and the realities of like the harm it does to people's psyche right we know as people of color what it does to you feeling like people are looking at you all the time and not not even letting you be comfortable in your own skin i mean i could never yeah i could never look at someone who's transgender or not straight or not like binary and look at them and say oh you're different. Yeah. Or like have some inherent hatred for them. Like just yeah. because of that fact. Like it's weird for anyone. But as a black person, it, it make it just is so much more stranger. I'm like, bro, you know exactly what that feels you like. You know like, exactly what you, it feels like. You've been hated on and you know you get hated on by people for something that you have no control over. And this is the same exact thing. And for some reason, people just look at it differently. It's very peculiar. And I feel like it's something on both sides as well. Cause it's oh, like totally, yeah. A lot of the people who are a part of these communities, I feel like also spew a lot of hate and like go about responding to hatred in, in like a reflective manner where I feel like it makes sense because, you know, you're in a vulnerable place, it's being targeted to you, you damn near being attacked at that point, if not physically, verbally. But it's just like, it's one of them things where, I mean, one, it's easy for me to say because I'm not dealing with it. But then on top of that, it's like, I don't really think we're going to make it nowhere with, you know, one person doing the same thing to another person. And I'm not saying no turn the other cheek or nothing crazy like that, but don't stoop down to their level. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, but it's just easy to say. I mean, not everyone's going to respond in a golden way to everything, but I mean, we got we got to look at how we, how we do those sorts of things. If you ain't hurting nobody, then you're all good in my book, man. You know, like, that's all that matters for me is, like, no hate. All right, hold on. We got to get back to you now. So we working at Mitchell's. We just moved back to Fort Mac. You're 19 at the time. Um, I mean, yeah, you got what you wanted. You moved back home. That's what it was that you were searching. 
you working at a place that I'm assuming has been a part of your life. Like, what was Mitchell's like back before you was even a part of it? Like, what were they doing? How different is it from what's going on now? It wasn't. It wasn't so different. I mean, it was basically the same. Um, I mean, in in essence, right? Like, we we were doing a lot more uh, catering and like not not fresh made stuff. Um, when I came back, we got really busy. The idea was to just be one store, uh, make everything fresh and be kind of what we are now. Uh, we got a little big for our britches. We started doing lots of catering. We opened two other stores, Sunshine Cafe, where your mom worked over on the college, and then up at the at, at the industrial campus as well. So we were really busy, like, being a different type of business. Um, when I retook over from my partner, we, we kind of shut down those other stores at that point, and uh, I kind of made the decision to go back to just, like, everything kind of from scratch in-house. Um, yeah. What made you want to do that? Just my love for food had left. Yeah, we were just making food. Uh, we had like frozen guacamole in a bag, cookie dough. We were bringing in squares and just cutting them up and wrapping them. Um, yeah, we had like pulled pork in a bag. Um, yeah, like we were getting cooked chicken, like pre-cooked chicken for the wraps. Like, you know, like getting the pesto in a bag and just mixing with mayo. Uh, yeah, it was just a little bit different. I just had like lost that. That that that's not really what I signed up to do up here, right? I wasn't trying to do that. We were just box cutting, you know. Uh, yeah. So then, you know, like my my partner, he said, like, I don't really want to do this like this anymore, and and I'm getting out. Do you want to buy it? And I and I decided to do it. That was like in 2014. So what comes with that? Like, I personally, like, how old are you when you make this decision to buy? 24 24 maybe maybe 23 time for me man like you know um i gave up trying to track time a long time ago you know like you know i just my daughter turns different numbers you know that and the time passes you know like i try not to live like that right like i'm just trying to live uh you know like marking down these like i don't remember man like shit it seems like it was yesterday, but yeah, it was like 24, 25. So what is the process? Like, how does one buy out a partner? How does one own a business? Like, what is the, because I know you got to deal with taxes. You talking with the government, all that. Never do it again. I just start another business. Well, just doing it the way we did, it was just hellish. We try to do it like a nice way that worked for everyone. And business ain't nice. That's why I'm a shitty businessman. I'm a great person, but I'm a terrible businessman. But terrible how? You feel like you get the short end? or uh, I just well, I just feel like you just have to take your feelings out of it. Okay, cool. You don't want to do business. Not everyone does business compassionately. It's hard to do business compassionately. And that's how you feel now? Or is that how you felt then as well? Then I thought, I thought that I was kind of naive, I think. Yeah. I thought that things would kind of just be easy breezy and... We could all trust each other and things would go well. But yeah, like I ain't going to, I'm not going to get in the dirty, dirty of anything. But I mean, um, when you're running a business with, with people and you're young and they're not, they've been doing a certain way for a long time and, you know, using the business differently. And, you know, if you, if you own, if they own more than you, then, you know, but you're working more or the same amount, like things aren't always equal all the time. Right. And it's like, uh, if you don't have that knowledge of the way things go all the time, then you will lose out on that. So, I, I mean, my, my recommendation would be to always, like, have full, you know, like, 
learn how to look through books and accounting and, and look through all that sort of stuff. Learn learn what's what's negotiating. Learn how to evaluate. Um, yeah. Do like don't wait until you buy a business to look at the books for the first time, you know, like, yeah. And it's funny because it's like you seem like someone who, at least in that moment, making an assumption, whose sole focus was like, I think, just the the culinary, right? Like, you just wanted to cook. That's, that's still, yeah, that's still why I would say I'm a bad businessman because that's all I really care about is just making food for people. I don't give a shit about rent. I don't, you know, like, I got to pay it. I make the food to pay it. That's how the world works for me, man. You got to pay these people to make the food, you know, make the people happy with the food, you know. That's that's my work, right? Like, that's, um, yeah. This might be a sour place to live sometimes, but at least we got Mitchells, right? Like, at least we try and, you know, at least, at least like, anyone can come there and have some food, you know? Like, because we're not trying to judge anyone. Even if you're shitty, all right, come get your sandwich. But it's like, yeah, we're not judging nobody, man. Like, just come as you are. Hopefully pay me because I got to pay rent. But it's like, yeah, like, business is tough, man. Like, getting people to work for you and, you know, like, it's just, like... It's like raising children, but you don't want them to be family at all. But then it's like, but I'm paying you, so listen to me. But also, like, I'm trying to be good, so, like, could we be good? It's just a challenge, right? Like, people is hard. People are hard to work with, right? If you want to treat people shitty, it's easier. That's what I said. It's hard to have feelings. Like, I don't mean that to any of my staff in a bad way, but, like, it's hard to care a lot and be the boss. And, like, be there, but also not want to be there. And like, yeah, like it's a like like we were talking about earlier. Like it's like it's just easy to judge, right? It's easy to judge a sandwich. It's easy to judge soup. But that soup does have feelings. It has me. <laughs> no, I don't really care for 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 those things. But it's just hard. Yeah, like I try to mute my feelings lots of different ways. But I mean, I'm just a, a feely kind of person. I've always been that way. You know, I like writing poetry. I like drawing and uh, sitting in my silence and watching trees, you know, like my favorite things to do are like to go for bike rides and walks in the woods, you know, I like to snowshoe in the wintertime, you know, my good buddy that I go snowshoe with, we, we don't like to talk that much when we go walk in the woods because it's just beautiful and peaceful, but, um, you know, like I love noise and chaos too, but yeah, like I also find just so much peace and and beauty and like sitting uh, in a forest on a log that you know that the creator put there you know and is falling and that log is sitting there for me to sit there you know because it's just peaceful and um it's just wild right like how much a five minute walk you know like we're really blessed up here man like we can walk in the woods from anywhere like and if you think that walking in the woods isn't going to change your day, then fuck off because it's like you're tripping, man. Like, I've been high on things, but nothing gets you high like a walk, man. Like, even if you have your music on, like, sometimes I just be dancing in the trails, like, with music on full blast. I don't even care who's there, like, because it doesn't matter. Like, but yeah, like, you know, and that's why, like, full circle, like, coming home was the right decision did i make it for the right reason at that time maybe not but it's like here you know like i i really enjoy being here 
Yeah, I've always enjoyed it. I think I finally, I think I like enjoy it the most now. Some people you talk to, they're like, oh, I wish I could go back to being young and being in high school. Like, it was so cool. You know, like, and I kind of look at that. I'm like, well, it's confusing to me a little bit. I, I just, I'm just like, you know, you know, life is busy, right? Like, life is a lot of balance. You know, um, coaching football again this year was hard because I hadn't done anything that required that much output of energy to other humans in a non-self-beneficial way for some time. You know, my energy is mostly expanded towards people working for me or towards people like my family, which I see as beneficial. I just need to learn and I'm getting better at it just to dis disconnect myself from work and not be there. Yeah, because you, you just can't be there all the time and you need to, yeah, like work-life balance is real. If you don't respect that, you're going to get caught. You know, like sometimes it sucks, like when uh, when you depend on people, right? That's because that's the that's the predicament you're in as an employer is that you depend on people for your business's success, and trusting people can be hard. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, and uh, yeah, like you just hope that it works out because it's like this is better when it works out. Obviously, I mean. Um, Am I the best boss in the world? Probably not. Am I a good boss? I hope so. Do we try? Like, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's just a lot of work having a busy restaurant, right? Like, it's, we make everything. Like, it's, yeah. Sometimes you don't want to be there and you got to work, like, 20 hours. Or you got to bang out eight-hour shift and then drive to Edmonton and coach football game and then drive home, right? Like, but that's what you get. Like, you can't... Uh, if I wanted to do nothing and just work, then I could do that. But I chose, like, not to do that, right? I've chosen to uh, open up the, you know, open up what I do and to try more. Having a voice, like, you know, showing showing people that you can be young, you can be a person of color, you can, you can go on a board and you can, you know, you can volunteer and be active, right? Like, yeah, like, it's important to be more than just who you are at your place of work, right? Yeah. You know, I think that's one thing. And then we like to all complain about politicians and all this shit, you know, and it's like people don't want to fucking wake up and go do anything other than go to work. We have the lowest voter turnout in the province. We have the lowest voter turnout in the province. Like, this is like, we got young people, we got the one of the highest earning GDPs, like, what what's wrong with us we can't vote because we just like to get mad and scream but no one wants to vote no one wants to volunteer on a board and do anything they all just want to go on facebook and complain like this is what i'm this is one of our biggest problems people don't even know who's representing them in the government like and i don't think that government is all blah 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 you know i'm not sitting here saying that but I'm just saying, like, at least we could vote. And if you and if you hate everything, then vote for your proper party and vote for vote for whatever. But that's fine. But just let people know how you feel then. Because, like, that's how we that's how we measure people. That's how we equate people caring is whether they vote or not. I don't care if you don't think that, like, socialism or, like, if you think that, like, you know, NDP and, like, left-leaning parties are the devil and you want to vote, like you know, as far right as you can go, go ahead. 
but like at least both because they decide what you're you know if you don't have kids then cool but like they decide what's getting taught in school they decide like the the tax rate they decide whether your utilities are high they decide all this sort of thing right like we need to we need to start being a little more less less into facebook and more into what's actually in reality right like Facebook and all this shit isn't reality. Like, you're just reading narratives of, of what people are telling you, right? Like, you're not actually looking at, like, go read three news articles from three different places. And then you can make your you can make your deduction on how you feel. But don't go listen to something on Facebook that somebody posted and tell me that, like, oh, yeah, like, well, our taxes are just going to Africa. I ain't going, I ain't doing it. You know, it's like, well, no, man, like, the word like that you know like let's let's think about that and like you can say you know fuck trudeau all you want but the fucking federal government wasn't any different when it was stephen harper or or the conservatives and you know like the liberals or rachel notley wasn't in power for long enough to fuck up your day let alone your week like we're talking about like long-standing policies that have like had a hardcore economic and socioeconomic effect and people want to you know, we want to pretend like we're just like, oh, yeah, well, the liberals, you know, blame blame that if you want, but just blame yourself, too, because you don't volunteer municipally and you don't vote municipally. Yeah, just like volunteer in your community. You don't want to vote in the federal election. OK, you don't want to vote in the provincial. Mm, OK, but at least vote municipally, like at least do something here. Yeah, like it's a max city, like do something. Right. So I want to end at the beginning and I want to ask you, what would you say to that kid crying at the grocery store? What's some words that you'd have for him? Brush your teeth. Facts. Very important. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. I don't know if I'd say anything to him. No. He was pretty, like, that was young, dude. Like, you told me to go back to my memory, memory. Like, would he listen to some strange dude at the grocery store? Nah, he'd probably be like, Mom, what the fuck? You know, like, nah, like, um, I wouldn't say nothing to nobody, man. Like, because then we're trying to change our life, and I'm not trying to change anything. You know, I'm, I'm pretty cozy where I'm at. Like, if this isn't where I'm supposed to be sitting in this chair talking to you right now, well, then, like, okay, then. Then I went wrong. But for some reason, I feel like, you know, I'm just walking where I'm supposed to walk, you know, and all those steps I took before is what led us here. Right. So it's like I ain't, I ain't going back and telling nobody nothing. Right. Like I didn't know the winning lottery ticket number, you know, like and I don't want to know either because they say if you win the lottery, like your life isn't that great. Oh, work? Well, lots of people like, yeah, I don't know. That's probably bullshit. Cause, like, <laughs> fuck, you win the fucking lottery. Like, damn, homie. Like. How stupid are you? You fucked that up? Like, then you shouldn't have won. Work. But no, like, I don't, (laughs) you know, it's like, um, nah, man, like, I don't believe, I don't think I believe that. Work. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't think I believe in, like, uh, you know, like, who said it? No half-stepping because I'm not a half-stepper. Because it was, like, Five Dog or something from Tribe Called Quest, right? Right. And it's like, because it's like, nah, man, like, nah. Yeah, I don't half-step because I'm not a half-stepper. Yeah, because it's like, I'm not a half-stepper. Like, I just, I'm just trying to walk where I'm going. My dad always told me to pick up your feet, right? Word. And it's like, I'm just trying to pick up my feet and just go, you know, um, yeah. That's beautiful. Trying to be, what is it? What did I say earlier? It's like, 
I'm just trying to be better when I'm done, right? Right. Like, yeah, and, like, hopefully pass that along. It's just like, yeah, like, we might die, like, old and soggy, right, and wrinkly. Mm-hmm. But then I'll be like, whatever, like, I live my life, like, more. Yeah. At least be able to say that. Yeah, like, not even a single letter, no regrets. Mm-hmm. Man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Yeah, dude. But it's like, you know, like, I hope that, you know, I hope that more people would be more comfortable saying that, right? It's like, you can, like, just be that. Yeah, like, make your mistakes, like, live your life, and uh, just, like, be okay with it every day. Like, you might have been shitty a few times, but, like, just try not to be shitty anymore, you know? Like, yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Damn. Extremely, extremely grateful. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, thanks for putting it Extremely grateful. Thanks for putting it together. Thanks for putting yourself out there. You know, like, uh, yeah, you show you're doing the same thing by by doing this, you know, by showing people that. Right. So, yeah, like just do whatever you want. Right. Like don't hurt nobody and like try and try and find your place. Right. Yeah. We're all looking for roots. And hopefully we'll find them in Mac world. Peace. Your mind's racing. Tell me, young. I just keep losing. I mean, some people just supposed to lose for balance in the universe. I mean. Like, are there just some people on Earth who are supposed to be here just to make it easier for the winners? Like, really? Resistance is a symptom of the way things are. Not the way things necessarily should be. Actual victory belongs to things that simply do not see failure. Let the path push you like a broken branch in a river's current. Nah, nah, I'm not going out like that, but thanks for the advice. Fight this him. Nah, I'm good, man. You're good. You can fight this him.